Hello, welcome to the West Side Podcast. This is where we'll post some of our audio from our sermons on Sunday, and we're so glad that you're here. West Side's vision is to reconcile people to God through the grace of Jesus step by step. We hope you enjoy, and thanks for tuning in. Last week, Joshua Little was here talking about uh, loving your digital neighbor, and I just loved what what you had to say um, all about that, because I just, I love loving people. That's my my most favorite thing, probably most thing I'm passionate about in life. Um, So Joshua gave us some some questions last week about, you know, how do we spend our time better with uh, our phones and media and things like that? And, then, uh, and, and maybe you wrestled with those questions this week. Um, the last two questions he asked were, how can we make room in our lives to let in the love of God? And how can we be instruments of love in our immediate context and broader community? Um, so I'm not going to answer those questions directly, but just keep those in mind as we continue the conversation about loving our neighbor. I'm going to focus a little more on um, just loving your neighbor as a whole, specifically loving God and loving people. Um, I think the again, uh, jo- I, I'm going to repeat a lot that Joshua said last week. But what's what's better than repeating loving God and loving people? Like that's the best thing. If we need to reiterate something, um, that's a really a really good thing to uh, continue to talk about. But again, I'll probably reiterate a lot of things that he has said. Um, but focusing mainly on the greatest commandment, um, you know, loving God, loving people. A very simple idea, I feel like, especially in Christian culture, we use loving God, loving people um, pretty often. Um, and again, a simple a simple idea when we just look at the words, like, yeah, I can do that. I can love God, love people. But diving in a little deeper, it gets a lot more complex. There's a lot of layers to uh, loving God, loving people. What does that actually look like in our lives? Um, it can be really easy to love people. It's really easy to love my husband until it's not. Or it's really, <laughs> it's really easy to love my parents until it's not. You know what? I'm sure there's, there's a person in your life that you're like, oh, it's really easy to love this person until it's not. Um, but, but if it's so, you know, if it's so easy to love the people that we love so much, like then, then, you know, the Bible talks about how, how we need to be loving our enemies. Like, Again, you can read that and be like, yeah, of course, I need to love my enemies. But really, when we think about that, like, that's crazy. Like, your enemies are supposed to be your enemies for a reason. Like, you're not supposed to love your enemies. That just doesn't really make sense. And, you know, if we're thinking of in our, like, worldly culture, love it. Like, I don't know. That just doesn't make sense. So how do we actually do that? How, what does it look like um, to love the people who it's easy to love? And how do we love the people that it's hard to love or, or aren't like us? Um, so we're going to go over a few things um, today. Two things, really. Um, I'm going to keep it a little, little short and concise. But first thing is just a quick, uh, again, simple. We could dive so deep into this. But um, a quick, simple context of love. Of love, where did it come from? What does it mean? Where does um, love God and love people come from? How do we get those ideas? What does the Bible say about it? Um, and then secondly, we're going to talk about how do we specifically love the non-believers. Um, and I, I know we're in our church this morning, but I also know, and I want to be aware that there's going to be people here who are followers of Jesus and who have professed him as their savior. But some of you might be out there and you're not really sure where you're at in your faith. You're not sure if you believe in Jesus. 
So we're going to talk about what it looks like to love the non-believer, but I want uh, to keep the conversation open and know that you're still very a part of this conversation. You're most, you're the most important part of this conversation. So if you, you know, find yourself a little like, oh, like I, you know, I'm one of those people. Like that's okay. We're here to um, to love you and we're and we'll figure out how to love each other well um, together. So again. Um, how we love the non-believer. There's a lot of overlap, of course, the, the things we're going to talk about. Um, loving people in general, that's just how, how we are called to love people. Um, so I, I like to, I didn't have, I should have had it on the, the screen, I should have made something for you, but I kind of picture it, it as a Venn diagram, but just with two circles, you have the non-believer and the believer, and then like how we love them. So there's definitely like an overlapping piece, but Really, there is something specific we can do for loving our, our non-believer friends, strangers, whoever, and then loving um, the people who are, we're walking with our faith with, walking in our faith with. So yeah, those are two things we're going to go through. So let's talk about the context of love. Joshua mentioned this verse um, last week, 1 John 4, 13, pretty, pretty simple. We love because he first loved us. Um, so, I, uh, unfortunately, I'm the kind of person, I love to dive deep into things, but sometimes I can just read a thing like that and be like, yeah, of course, like, and, just, and just leave it there. I'm simple, I'm like, oh, of course, like, I, don't, I won't ask any questions, we'll just leave it at that. But I realize my brain is not all of our brains. So, um, we love because he first loved us. What does that mean? Um, in the Bible, love is often described as a sacrifice or laying down one's life for a friend. Um, so God's ultimate sacrifice, sacrificing his son, giving his only son so that we could live eternally, um, that shows us his unconditional love for us. That was, um, we, are, we are able to love because he first loved us. He was the first example of that perfect love. We're able to love because God is love because he showed us that first. Um, the, the love that we have inside of us is from the Lord. Uh, and then 1 Corinthians 13 that is one of my favorites. Um, a little, a little side note: I got to do um, a Bible reading contest or con- Bible reading contest um, in college, and um, I think I won. I won some money, so that was pretty cool. But it was, <laughs> it was for First um, Corinthians thirteen, talking about love. Um, so give me a second. If you want to open up, feel free to. I lost. There it is. Okay, I lost my. Little dog ear. Okay, I would love to say that I still had it in my head and memorized it, and I kind of do, but I do need to use a cheat sheet just in case. So, <laughs> but I'm just gonna read verses um, one through eight with us. So, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. 
I just love, <laughs> love um, that verse. It shows us exactly what love is. If we had, uh, you know, a question of what, what, what are the characteristics of love, this is a great reference. Um, especially love is patient, love is kind. Those are um, great words to describe love. So basically what 1 Corinthians is saying is without love, we get nowhere. We're not going to get anywhere um, with especially loving God, loving people without um, acting on love. Um, and then lastly, uh, and again, Joshua mentioned this last week, which I, I just find actually really um, interesting. Romans 13, 8 through 10 kind of explains it a little bit. Um, but the Ten Commandments, the Ten Commandments are our first kind of look into what loving God and what loving people look like. Um, let me scroll over here. So the first four commandments um, of the Ten Commandments no other gods before me, no idols, uh, don't use the Lord's name in vain, and remember the Sabbath day. Those are all ways that we love God. So that, again, first examples of how we can love God. And then the last six are how we love people. Honor your father and mother, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, um, don't give false testimony against your neighbor, and don't be jealous. Don't covet your neighbor. So those are the ways that we can love people. Um, so I just thought it was really interesting that, uh, especially in the, the very beginning, those first 10 commands that we get, it's all a foundation of love God, love people. Um, so what, uh, and then translated into the New Testament, uh, again, in, in Romans uh, 13, 8 through 10, it's saying, if you are following these things from the 10 commandments, you're fulfilling the law and you're loving people well. This is how we can love people. Um, yeah, so good. So now we're going to move into how do we love the non-believer well. So we're going to go um, back to Romans. Romans 12, 9 through 21. Follow along if you'd like. So, okay. Romans 12, 9 through 21. I'm going to read it to you real quick. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, hopeful, or faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not overcome, or do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Such a, a great example of, of Paul just explaining to the Romans love and how, how we are to love um, each other. Again, it's that Venn diagram. This is how we need to love everybody, but we're going to specifically look at how do we love the non-believer. Um, so again, reading, reading this passage, we may read it and say, okay, yeah, I get the idea. I know, I know what to do. Um, but it's still, 
may be even hard to love people that way that are easy to love. Again, um, your spouse, your family, your friends, those might also be considered the people that are hard to love in your life. Not sure. So you take uh, what makes sense in, in your own life. But the people who are easy to love, those commands are still really hard to do. So imagine, you know, yourself loving the people um, who are on the opposite end, who are, you know, maybe not similar to you or um, are hard to love. Um, the people in your life who are similar similar to you tend to be easier to love. The people who honestly look like you, who think like you, have the same faith, have the same actions, those people tend to be easier to love. And those aren't the only people that we're asked to love. So what about the people who are the exact opposite of you, who are, who are really hard to love? What about uh, your non-believing friends, your non-believing strangers? How are we called to love them? We're called them to love them in a pretty similar way, if not an even better way. So even more so, those are the people that we are called to honor above ourselves. The people who are hardest to love, the people who are, aren't like you, those are the people who we are to honor above ourselves. So in your, in your walk of faith or even just uh, the things that you like to do in your life or um, you know, what, what you stand for, have you ever felt, persecuted is, is a strong word, but have you felt persecuted or shamed or guilted for, for being a Christian or believing in Jesus? Have you ever had a situation where someone you know, is scoffing at you or whatever because you are obviously a, a Jesus follower? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. So it, it doesn't feel good, right? We, we don't like being in that uncomfortable position. We don't like um, being, you know, ashamed or, or feel, feel guilted for whatever it is. That's what we're called to a lot when we're, we're in, our, in our faith. We, we aren't promised that it's going to be perfect. Um, but we, as Christians, we shouldn't even give non-Christians the chance to be in that same position that we would feel. We don't want them to feel that same feeling of being persecuted or shamed or guilted for not believing in what we believe in. If, if we don't want to feel that way, then we absolutely should make sure that it doesn't happen in the same way to them. So we need to be careful with how, how we love the non-believer um, to make them make sure that they're, in, they're, they're loved no matter what. Um, so yeah, let's, let's not give non-Christians the chance to have the same feelings of persecution. We'll miss the point of loving people if we do that. Um, so there's a verse in here that says, be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. I read that and I was like, ah, what does that mean? That's really hard because what's right, especially in our, our day and age, in our world, in our culture, right means so many different things to so many different people. So what, how, do, how do we take that? How do we know um, what is, is right in the eyes of everybody? Um, but I feel like, again, it's, it's tricky, but I feel like it all boils down to love. If we're just loving people well, then that's gonna probably be right in front of everybody's eyes. If we're loving people well with kindness and patience, um, with listening ears. And, and I'm not telling you, in no way do we need to compromise our beliefs and our values. We don't need to make our, ourself, you know, feel badly for um, believing in Jesus. We don't need to compromise those things, but we do need to choose to love the person who doesn't, the, who doesn't follow the same Jesus that, as you do. 
um, we still need to choose to love them well. Again, love is patient and kind. So the people um, in our lives, whether they're strangers or whether they're uh, friends, those are the people who we need to choose to love even harder. And then uh, again, it goes, uh, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. And I, and I love this one because it, it honestly takes the pressure off of us to do something about someone who's wronged us. Um, God's basically saying, I got this. Take a breath. Like, I'm going to handle this. You don't need to find revenge from this person because guess what? I'm going to take care of you in the end. All I'm asking you to do is love and forgive that person and put yourself in a safe, a safe space. There's going to be, you know, dangerous situations that you need to remove yourself from someone. But, you know, if they wronged you or, or um, have chosen, chosen violence or whatever, but God's saying, I, I'll handle it. You don't need to. I will take care of it when the time comes. So you just need to put it in my hands. Again, that, I feel like just kind of takes a burden off my shoulders. I'm like, oh, okay, that's not my responsibility. That never was my responsibility. That's not what I'm called to do. I'm called to love. I'm called to love and, and kill people with kindness. I think that's one of my, my favorite phrases that um, I definitely had, especially when I was, when I was younger. My, my parents always said, oh, you know, if blah, blah, blah is bullying you, you just got to kill them with kindness. And again, sometimes in certain situations, you have to take a little more measure than just killing someone with kindness, so don't, don't take it the wrong way. Um, but again, if it's, if it's even your, your barista at Starbucks or your barista at Dutch Bros um, or your, your grocery uh, clerk, what, whoever it is, if someone is, is being rude to you, like the easiest thing we can do is just kill them with kindness. Actually, maybe it's not easy. Maybe it's the harder thing to do. Um, but but kill, kill people with kindness. If someone's, you know, uh, saying one thing or the other to you, you just be like, oh, yeah. I totally get it. I love, I love your shirt. I love, or, uh, yeah, I hope you have a really great day. I'm going to go. Just leaving, <laughs> leaving the situation, kill them, kill them with kindness and leave. It gives them, one, it's probably going to honestly make them a little more upset, which, like, is kind of funny. Um, <laughs> I hate to say it. Um, but that's going to feel so much better for you when you leave the situation. You're like, ah, oh, they, like, I, I don't, I don't have to worry about, I don't know. Um, yeah, you could just leave it at that. They have no, they have nothing on you of like, oh, you know, they did this to me. They can, they're just like, well, they said I had a cute shirt. So I, you know, I, what, what am I supposed to do? I can't get more angry at them. Um, people will get, find anything to be angry at, but um, that kind of, you know, that helps us. So kill them with kindness. It, it similar to the verse, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Cause again, God's got this. It's okay. You can let it go. Because he is, he's going to, it sounds kind of crazy, but he'll take revenge for you later on. Like, that's going to be, you know, that's going to be taken care of. Um, and really, you know, reading through this and seeing the different things, what Paul's saying to the Romans about loving people, it really comes down to our humility. And, our, you know, the verses in here even say it too. Um, a, a little higher in 12, we didn't read that together, but in Romans 12, the verse says, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with so, sober judgment. Uh, I feel like life can be a whole lot easier if we choose to humble ourselves. And trust me, that's like, I'm not saying this because I'm an expert at it. I'm saying it because it's true and it's hard. It's really hard to make ourselves less so other people can be more. But it's going to save so much of our own heartache. It's going to save so much of our own anger and frustration if we 
just humble, humble ourselves and think, truly think of others as greater than ourselves. Again, a hard thing, but how beautiful of a world it would be if we could all do that. Um, and then jumping into Philippians for a second, um, I love this verse. Philippians 2.3 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should, not, should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Again, I love this verse because I think it's so important to, you know, we get so wrapped up. Again, I say it because I do it myself. We get so wrapped up in what we're doing in our lives and what's most important to us. And, and we're very much so part of a culture that's like self-care, do what's best for you, do what's right for you. And again, that can all be good in a certain time or a certain context. Um, but that, that, again, we're missing the point of what the Bible is telling about loving, loving each other, loving people. If we're, if we're um, constantly just worried about ourselves, we're going to miss the ways that we can love people um, in our lives. So also just, I, I feel like I, I take this verse really literally. You should look um, not only to your own interests, but the interests of others. If we take a chance to uh, listen and um, just take, even again, just take interest of what other people are doing, that's going to open a whole new world. What's more powerful, to call out or judge our non-believing friend, stranger, in, in uh, you know, a sin that they have going on in their life that we see. One, we're Christians and we follow a certain way. They're not Christians, so they're not going to follow that way. So we can't expect them to follow those same um, lifestyle choices that we're making because we have the faith that we do. I, I'm sure it can be a little... You know, it's hard to see your non-believing friend in a sin that you know that is, is hurting their life. But again, they're not following Christianity, so we can't put that expectation on them. But what we can do, what's more powerful, is to choose to listen to them and hear them and put our, uh, our own interests to the side and hear the interests that they're interested in. Again, even if, even if it is, uh, you know, something that you're against, again, don't uh, compromise your... Don't compromise your beliefs. Don't compromise your values. I'm not saying that you need to partake in whatever they're doing um, that is, is what is um, a sin or what is against our, our Christian faith. Um, but what's more powerful? To judge them and tell them that they're doing something wrong when really they don't even know that they're doing something wrong versus listening and loving them and choosing to be patient with them and figuring it out with them together. What's more powerful? We need to look at the interests of others. Um, again, if you have, just an example, if you have a friend um, who's a non-believer who is, um, you know, maybe a little more into the party scene or, uh, you know, a little more into exploring their sexuality or, um, you know, really into money, gambling or whatever. Again, like those, those things we don't have to indulge ourselves in. We don't have to partake in what they're doing, what, what uh, is against our own faith. But um, just being able to open a door for them to uh, let them let you in is so important. They're going to see the love of Jesus in that. If, if they know that you love him and you're choosing to listen and open a door to have an open conversation, again, stay true to yourself and your core values. But there's no need, again, there's no need to compromise your beliefs, but consider their interests above your own. In that moment, say, what, I, what I'm worried about right now, all the things in my head of like, oh, you know, I like... 
I really want to tell you about Jesus. I really want to tell you how, you know, you're doing A, B, and C wrong and really you need to do this because actually it's going to make your life better. Even if it's in good intentions, it's always, you know, I, I would hope it's mostly, mostly good intentions, but that's not what they need. That's not what they need. It's going to shut them off. It's going to make their, their heart hard. Um, that uh, if you respond that way, they're just going to go, oh, okay, they're being, you know, they're being kind of weird. They're telling me what I'm doing is wrong. I don't understand. I don't believe in their, you know, in the Jesus that they're following. So I'm just going to like push myself away. Versus if we and approach the situation of like, oh, tell me more. Like, oh, you went and party last night? Wow, tell me more. What happened? How did you feel afterwards? Or, oh, you're in this relationship? Oh, tell me about it. Let me, you know, let me know how your heart is feeling. And then you'll wait and see, like, how they're going to open up to you and be like, oh, okay, this is a safe person to talk to. And they, they might start to reciprocate with you. They'll, they'll start asking you about, oh, oh, Gianna, well, I see that, you know, you live your life a little differently than I do. Well, tell me, why do you do that? And then, boom, door open. Like, how, like so much easier than a hard heart and a friend who's going to cut you off than someone who's opening the door and saying, oh, tell me why, tell me why you believe that. Oh, I noticed that you actually, you know, you treat this person like this. Why? And then you get to say, because I follow Jesus. I, because I love Jesus. Because they let you uh, have that door open. They allowed it, so now it's your chance to um, tell them, the, you know, again, little by little, it, it takes a lot of hard work to uh, evangelize in that way. I, I feel like um, uh, missionaries are a really great example, or could be a good example. I'm sure there's, um, you know, missionaries of all sorts, but a missionary specifically that goes in to a country um, that they don't know the language. So they prepare themselves to go overseas. They learn the language. They learn the culture. They wear the, the clothes that they would wear. They go in and they, they live and they get to know the people who are living there. They're speaking their language. They are putting their interests to the side, considering the interests of the people there uh, and listening to them and loving them. And then... And then they get to, to share the love of Jesus. That's when trust is built. If you're um, creating a, a trusting, a loving, a non-judgmental relationship, that's when we get the chance to, to share our beliefs. Um, and I just think that is so important. If you can't tell, I'm so passionate about this. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just think in, in, our, society, in our society, there's, um, you know, I, I love the verse that, that says, uh, rejoice with people, or rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. And that's just not talking about like just our friends or like just the people that we like. Like that also call, calls for the people that um, are our enemies or the people that we don't like or the people that we disagree with. Even, you know, I hate bringing politics into it. Sorry, now I'm ranting. Um, um, <laughs> I hate bringing politics into it, but um, imagine like, you know, someone is so happy that blah, 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 got elected. Great. Let's put our own interests to the side and rejoice with those people who are rejoicing. Great. I'm so glad the person that you wanted to be, you know, in this position got there. And then there's people who are, who are sad uh, about the person who got in. Great. Let's mourn with them and be with them. And again, you don't have to be fake. You don't have to, you know, uh, hide what what your your opinions are, but like re- a little bit like read the room, read the room, and and know like who who's mourning, who's rejoicing. Let's um, let's be with those people and do that. So um, I'm gonna wrap up here. So if the band wants to to come up, and we're also gonna have our prayer team up um, 
to pray with us soon, but I just want to leave you, again, thank you for listening to me, to me rant and word vomit a little bit. Um, I'd love to, again, talk about the subject or, or dive into it a little bit deeper um, later, or even let's dive into soon about how, um, how we love the believer, because that's, again, going to look a little bit different. Um, but I just want you to go into your week and kind of um, just be aware of the situations that you're in, the people that you're seeing, um, the people that are in your life that are easy to love, hard to love, and how we can, if we really want to evangelize to people, then how are we going to create a loving, open, um, non-judgmental relationship in order to get the chance to speak the truth to someone? Um, before, before hardening their heart. Don't be the, again, we make mistakes and it's gonna happen and we might turn some people off and that's just the way it's gonna be and that's okay. Um, but don't, don't be the reason that someone turns their heart hard to, to, to Jesus um, or to the idea of Jesus. Um, don't, be the, don't be the reason. Again, it, it, we can only do so much, but um, yeah, just go go out and love people hard. Love people well, love people hard. Um, let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for being our perfect example of love. Thank you for being a sacrifice to us so we know exactly um, what sacrificial love looks like. Thank you for giving us the chance to love your people. You love each and every person so much. The people that, you know, we may be rude to or maybe whatever to, like you love, you love those people so much. Uh, help us be reminded of that when we're in situations this week. When we come across someone that's, that's a little bit harder to love, be in our hearts and say, Gianna, actually, I love that person. The person that you're having a hard time loving with, I love them, so I need you to love them too. God, help us in those situations this week. We love you. Guide us, lead us. Thank you. Thank you for being the ultimate example of love. Thank you for all the people here this morning. I just, I love each of them so much. Just thank you for them. And yeah, just bless our week. In your name we pray.